When we examine Islam and Muslims around the world today, we find that Islam suffers from many obstacles and roadblocks. Islam within the 21st century suffers in many ways and from many different aspects. <clears throat> One of them is that the community of Muslims, the community of believers, have lost the spirit of Islam and the teachings of Islam. <clears throat> a religion which was introduced, a religion which was born with Iqra' bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq, read in the name of thy Lord. To introduce knowledge, to introduce awareness, to introduce ilm. Its followers are now far away from education and ilm. In fact, if anybody wants to attend the best of schools and best of universities, then they don't go to Muslim countries. They're going to leave their Muslim countries and come to non-Muslim countries to seek the best of education and attend the best of schools. So Islam suffers from jahiliya, ignorance. <clears throat> Islam also suffers from the fact that people are following its teachings not as religious practice to be inspired to seek nearness to Allah but Islam suffers from the fact that Muslims are following the Islamic faith out of rituals not out of understanding at the time of Salah you find that the Muslims do wudu and they pray in the month of Ramadan there is fasting and siyam. However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says there has to be a reason for siyam. And there is a philosophy behind salah. The philosophy behind salah is that it should refrain us from sins. It should refrain us from immoral acts. It should refrain us, for example, from bribery. It should refrain us from theft. It should refrain us from mockery. It should refrain us from 
uttering untruthful statements and lies. We should perfect our akhlaq. Or else, it's like somebody who wakes up every morning and takes two pills. And then dhuhr time takes four. Asr time takes four. Maghrib time takes three. Isha time takes four. And you tell him, why are you taking this medication? I don't know. How different do you feel when you take this medication? I don't know. What are you trying to achieve by taking this medication? I have no clue. I'm just used to doing this. Or siyam, that's meant to bring us self-control when it comes to our eyes and when it comes to our tongue and when it comes to our ears. To bring akhlaq and moral perfection and ethical standards to ourselves, our families and our communities. Islam also suffers from the fact that it is one of the most misunderstood religions around the world. Islam also suffers from Islamophobia, where many people have a fear against Islam. Many people are afraid to learn the Islamic faith or to explore the Islamic faith. And it's isolated the Muslim community in many ways. However, I believe that the greatest of challenges for Islam today is indeed the fact that Islam does not have a central representative leadership. Islam, Islam is not being represented in the way that it should. There isn't an Islamic leadership that leads the Muslim community and represents the Muslim community in a matter in a manner that reflects the essence and true teachings of Islam, true teachings of the Holy Quran, the seerah and the sunnah of Rasulullah. Today many people think that the sunnah of Rasulullah is shaving our mustache. The sunnah of Rasulullah is having a long beard. The sunnah of Rasulullah is as soon as they do the adhan, whether you're conducting business or you're in a meeting or you are a physician helping your patients or you're in a surgery room. It's salah time. I'm sorry, I have to go. Habibi, this guy's gonna die. You're in the middle of a surgery. Allah is more important. They think that this is the sunnah of Rasulullah. While the sunnah of Rasulullah is helping the poor, it's helping the needy, is education, equality, respect of your neighbors. Respect of your neighborhood. Being good, loyal citizens. 
having the highest morals and ethical standards. That is the sunnah of Rasulullah. So for you to be a Sunni and a follower of the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, you must understand the whole legacy of Rasulullah. Everything that he has left behind. Not just the fact that Rasulullah, when people lived in the Arabian Peninsula and had mustaches this long, and the food would stick in their mustache, he told them, look, don't make your mustache so long, trim your beard, make yourself look presentable. Now they've taken this away from the sunnah of Rasulullah that I have to shave my beard. This is the sunnah of Muhammad. This is the sunnah and the legacy of the last messenger of God. Or back then, you know, when people wore long dresses, you know, the, the Arabs would wear long dresses. It would fall into mud, it would fall into dirt. And excuse me for saying this, but back then people didn't have bathrooms. So you can imagine the situation then. And people's clothes would fall into this dirtiness. And they would go home, they would go to gatherings, they would go to the masjid dirty and filthy. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says, shorten your clothes a bit. So you don't bring the dirt and carry the dirt with you everywhere. But this is not the legacy of Rasulullah that I walk with a dishdasha up to my knees, with a long, up to, with a beard up to my belly, and no mustache, and I call myself the follower of Muhammad. It's not the follower of Muhammad. This is not the follower, following of Islam. And that is why I believe that the greatest challenge for Islam today as the lack of representation, and many people, many non-Muslims, the media, and many Muslims alike believe that today, Islamic countries and Islamic nations are the representatives of Islam. They represent Islam. So if you want to find Islam, you go to Islamic countries. If you want to study Islam, you go to Islamic countries. If you want to find Islamic art, you go to Islamic countries. If you want to explore the religion of Islam, the different madahib and the different schools of thought, then you go to Islamic countries. Indeed, that is true. If you go to Islamic countries, you will find people observing Siyam, you will find everybody carrying a Muslim name. You will find people praying Salat al-Taraweeh in the month of Ramadan, celebrating the day of Eid. However, when it comes to the Islamic governments and Islamic nations, is it that their money is being spent for the sake of the honor and the glory of the religion of Islam? Is it, their, is it that their troops and military power belongs to the religion of Islam and serves the interest of the religion of Islam? Is it that their laws being executed in their land serves the interest of the religion of Islam? 
are the rulers and governors, kings, presidents, and prime ministers there to bring the law and regulations of Allah in order to bring glory to the religion of Islam? Absolutely not. The Muslim countries and the Muslim rulers and the Muslim laws and regulations are the farthest away from the Islamic teachings and the Quranic teachings when the role model should be Rasulullah and the book of laws and regulations should be the Quran and their aim and objective should be to bring glory and sanctify the laws and the commands of the Almighty God. When we observe the Muslim countries, what do we find? We find that they are the biggest exporters of their own citizens. They export illiterate, uneducated individuals to the rest of the world while they are sitting there in oil-rich countries creating war and disunity amongst themselves. In the year 2018, in the cradle of Islam, the birthplace of Islam, Muslim women, Saudi Arabian women, celebrated what? A great victory, a huge victory. <clears throat> now they're able to drive. This is Islam. In the year 2018, you're celebrating the fact that women are now able to drive even after they permit them to drive they gave them the permission to drive they asked their scholars and the muftis and I believe me this is not a joke <clears throat> they asked the grand mufti their scholar what do you think of this permission given to women to be able to drive and in response he said it's the wrong decision Women should not be able to drive because they have half a brain. How can we give a driver license to somebody that has half a brain? More than 20 countries of the world are being governed by women. Half of the most successful CEOs in the world are women. Many people bringing change to the world now are women, yet the representatives of Islam and the Islamic nations are barely given permission for women to drive, let alone be elected for office, let alone voting, let alone representation. When it comes to equality and human rights, look at the reports, the human rights reports. Where do Muslim countries fall? 
the Muslim nations and the Muslim countries fall all the way to the end of the list of human rights. They break every single human rights law and regulation. Is there freedom there? Do journalists have freedom? Do scholars have freedom? If you're a scholar and you speak against what they desire and what they wish, if you're lucky, they imprison you. If you're unlucky, then they behead you with a sword. Nobody has freedom and nobody is able to enjoy their rights besides those in power. Besides the governing body, besides the governing party, or the ruling family, or the royal family. That's about it. When it comes to democracy, for people to be able to choose who represents them and who leads them, the majority of the Muslim nations are monarchies. There's no, there's no democracy there. And one of the most painful, one of the most agonizing of events that we witnessed in the past several years that has broken the hearts of every human being is this whole immigration process, the refugees, those being displaced from Syria, those being displaced from Iraq, those being displaced from Afghanistan and some parts of Africa. Going through the Mediterranean Sea to seek asylum to the European countries. Allahu Akbar. Millions of innocent people lost their lives. Hundreds. Thousands of innocent people lost their lives. Drowning in the ocean. Children drowning. Women, elderly drowning in the ocean, losing their lives. You all saw this three-year-old boy. Three-year-old innocent boy, Syrian boy, who they found his dead body, dead drowned body near Turkey. What was his crime? Or the seven-year-old boy who was carrying the, in the middle of the desert, walking all by himself. They found him, they said, what are you carrying? He says, I'm carrying my mother's clothes. His mother had passed away. Walking all by himself, seven-year-old kid. Just picture this for a moment. Germany took about one million refugees. Most of them are Muslim. But now look at Khadim al-Haramain. The king of Saudi Arabia, who is meant to serve the Haram. Of Mecca and Medina. He gives himself the title of Khadim al-Haramain. 
Rasulullah says the dignity and honor of a Muslim is above the honor of the Kaaba. The honor and dignity of a Muslim is above the honor and the dignity of the Kaaba, the sanctity of the Kaaba. How are you okay with seeing millions of people being displaced from their homes? Thousands of people dying. How can you not take any of them? Give them asylum, give them refuge, give them a home, help them. The United Arab Emirates, let's build the largest building. Let's make the largest roads. Let's break the records of having the largest city underneath the water. But yet, let's not help one single person being displaced from their home. We don't want to build a single school. We don't want to build a single home. We don't want to help a single refugee. <clears throat> 30% of the population of earth today lives under $1 a day. They spend $1 a day. 25% of the population of earth does not have access to clean water. They do not have water to drink. Shame on Muslims. Shame on those Islamic countries. Shame on those Arabs. What are they good at? They're good at spending millions and millions of dollars buying weapons. Buying jet forces. <coughs> jet planes, fighter jets. Buying missiles. So they make themselves look like Iron Man. But in reality, they're not Mickey Mouse. In reality, they're SpongeBob. They're no Iron Man. If you end up reading the Quran every day and you call yourself a Muslim and you read your salah every day and you call yourself a follower of Rasulullah Muhammad, how can you watch other people, other human beings that are also members of this ummah suffer in such a way and you don't want to help them? You don't want to assist them? Many of us believe that if we want to find Islam, and this is a misconception like I said, then we have to go to Muslim countries, to Muslim lands. However, I tell you brothers and sisters, it is time that we begin differentiating between what is Islamic and the title given to Muslims. What do I mean? I mean, on many occasions, a person carries a title of being a Muslim. He carries a Muslim name. But in akhlaq, <clears throat> he's not a Muslim. In behavior, they're not a Muslim. 
In business, they have nothing to do with Islam. In being charitable, they don't follow the Islamic regulations. Within the family, with his wife and children, <clears throat> let alone Islam, he's shaitan himself. And at the end of the day, we call him a Muslim. But on the contrary, you find people who do not have Islamic names, who have never read the Quran, who do not conduct the Salah, but they are Islamic in their akhlaq. They are Islamic in their behavior. In, they are Islamic in their business. They are Islamic while they are charitable. They are Islamic with their family and friends. That is why today, I am surprised when I ask many of the Muslims living in America, what are you? He says, I'm Iraqi. What are you? I am Iranian. What are you? I am Lebanese. What are you? I'm Syrian. I say, okay, what's your passport? So my passport is American, alhamdulillah. I said, then you're an American. You don't want to be an American, then give back your passport. Give up the passport. Give up the citizenship. Why is it so difficult for us to adopt to this land? Rasulullah loved Mecca. He loved Mecca. His family was in Mecca. Everyone he loved was in Mecca. His home was in Mecca. But he was driven out of Mecca. He was disrespected in Mecca. He was harassed in Mecca. He came to Medina. He lived in Medina. He found a home in Medina. He found people welcoming him in Medina. Then after he liberated Mecca, people thought that Rasulullah is going to go back to his home. And he's going to go back to Mecca. The people of Medina were saddened. They said, Ya Rasulullah, how can we leave you? Now that you've liberated Mecca, you're going to go back to your home. He said, never. I will live with you and I will die with you and I will be buried with you. The people of Medina, the land that embraced me and respected me and honored me, the land that gave me freedom. All the lands belong to Allah. Every single part of this earth belongs to Allah. And I'm, of course, not denying the fact that we are in love. And we love our birthplace. Where we come from. Where we were born. Where our parents were born. Our culture. However, this country is a multicultural country. You can have different cultures, but yet be an American. Why do I say this? It's because many of us believe... That our charity needs to go back home. Our help needs to go back home. Our discussions of politics need to be focused on back home and what's going on there. I remember several years ago, I was lecturing with somebody in a community who happened to speak a different language. I don't want to give you more details than that. So every day, this, this, this gentleman, this scholar, 
He would speak after me and he would speak about politics happening in a different country and elections happening in a different country and getting ready for elections. And the elections happened and go vote. And then what's the result of the elections? All about what's going on in the Middle East. So one day I came to the scholar, I came to this Maulana, I said to him, Maulana, I have a question for you. He says, yeah. I said, do you know that there is elections here as well? This country is also getting ready for elections. And Muslims in this country must go to vote. This Muslim countries, Muslim people in this country also have to go and seek representation for themselves here. Is it important for us to discuss what is happening here in this country? And how we can make ourselves better citizens? By having a better input? And I tell you sometimes, if you're employed by Muslims, so you tell him, Jum'ah, can I go to Jum'ah? No. If you are hijab, don't come back to work. Can I take some time go to Hajj? No. Who am I going to bring? Can I go to Ziyara? No. If he sees you praying, what madhab are you? This is Muslims. But sometimes you find those who are not Muslim. But they are Islamic in their akhlaq. You tell them, can I go to the Friday prayers? Of course. In the United States Congress, in the United States Congress, I let Salat al-Jumu'ah. Members who work in the United States Congress congregate for Salat al-Jumu'ah. And they speak freely and practice freely and pray freely. Would I or people like me and from my madhab would be able to pray Salat al-Jumu'ah in Mecca? The land of Islam, in Medina, the birthplace of Islam, in many of the Muslim countries freely? Absolutely not. So you tell him, can I go to Jum'ah? Go to Jum'ah. Can I go to Hajj? Of course. Can I go to Ziyarah? Why not? A Muslim woman wears hijab, comes to work, everybody in her support wear hijab. They fast and their support, they observe fast and siyam. This is Islamic. Just a couple of days ago, recently, a couple of days ago, in the month of Ramadan, there is a committee called the Jews for Reform, Economic and Political Reform. Look them up. They, those Jews came and they surrounded the Muslim community that was praying in downtown New York. And they were holding signs we are your Jewish family. We've got your back. This is Islamic. Their title may be Jews, but their akhlaq is Islamic. What they're doing is accordance to the teachings of the 124,000 prophets, including Rasulullah, including the last, and the beloved Rasulullah Muhammad.
doctors and physicians leaving their lives and going to treat people free of charge for the sake of humanity. Fighting disease, fighting AIDS, fighting poverty for the sake of humanity. Yes, of course, I'm not saying that, you know, in the West, especially in the United States of America, specifically with our current president, they're also doing things according to moral and ethical standards. No, obviously that's not the case, unfortunately. But do you see how upset people are? How heartbroken they are? How concerned they are with what is happening to America today? It is their Islamic akhlaq that allows them to stand in front of oppression, to speak of equality, to preach of morality, to make sure that they voice their opinion against the decisions of their president when it entitles discrimination, injustice against other nations, other people. While the Muslim countries, what do they do? Wage war against their neighbors. Look at Saudi Arabia today. They have waged a war against the people of Yemen, an ongoing war against the people of Yemen that has left thousands of people per month. Thousands of people die. Millions of people are suffering from malnutrition. Hunger and starvation. What did they do? Destroy their schools and destroy their infrastructure. And destroy their airports and hospitals. And in the end you want me to call them Islamic countries and they're the ones that represent Islam. Last but not least, brothers and sisters, you have a calling and a responsibility. You the ones that live in the West, that have freedom, you must be able to represent Islam and be the representatives of Islam. And do not allow the so-called Islamic countries to hijack the religion of Islam. Don't allow yourself to be represented by ISIS. So here you have a decision to make. So number one, educate yourselves. <clears throat> and number two, be the rep best of representatives for the religion of Islam, for the Holy Quran. <clears throat> And for the madhab of Ahlul Bayt. And that is only done through the teachings of this book, the Holy Quran. And through the verses that I began my lecture with. I leave you with them to go back to them this evening. Read them and contemplate on them. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.